Welcome to the best of sold-out sports talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. Up-close conversations with high-impact personalities from the world of sports and entertainment. Follow Roman on Twitter and Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. Roman Gabriel, excited to have you in. Faith, family, and sports. And, of course, if you want to be a team member of Sold Out Youth Ministries, our organization that helps kids stay away from drugs and alcohol and teaches them leadership skills, biblical principles, you can go to our official website at soldouttv.com. That's soldouttv.com. And uh, be a part of that. Donate there if, if you choose to. And we would love to have you on board with us uh, always. Great to have new team members. Well, this guy is all about team, and he's got an incredible story and has a tremendous love and calling and mission uh, to help the next generation of youth, and it's the reason why he and I have gotten together. Uh, He started that mission uh, with Stand Up America. Derek Bowles with us. Derek, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Awesome, awesome. Great to have you in, man. How did God call you into Stand Up America and into uh, the academy? You know, the reality is that I was, um, I have four kids who are all in school. There was an event that happened in Newtown where a guy showed up and he pretty much um, shot and killed a number of students. And so uh, from that event, I decided that. I had seen enough. Um, I wanted to try to raise uh, awareness of what was happening in our school system. And um, I started to do a bike ride from San Diego all the way to New Orleans to the Super Bowl. And that's how uh, the mission actually started. God put that on my heart. Derek, you play a little basketball in your background as well. Uh, you know, obviously an athletic background. Um uh, how did how did that impact you in terms of what you wanted to do going forward, and just in terms of how you work with athletes and and, and work with corporations and companies? Because I know today, you know, being a life coach or a motivational speaker or a mentor is a huge thing in in not only athletics but also in the corporate world today. Absolutely. Well, and, and the reality is, is you know, we need to be finding ways to love each other and take care of each other. And, and I think that's part of what, you know, God's called me to try to share. I just think there's a message about how do we take care of each other, you know, on multiple levels. And so um, I used to be a coach. Uh, I coached at Treasure Valley Community College, and then I was an assistant coach in the NBA D-League for two seasons. And um, one of my players said to me, have you ever thought about becoming a motivational speaker? And um, I I hadn't thought about it, but <clears throat> the funny thing is, is after he said that, um, I started to, to pray on it and give it some energy, and I felt like God was calling me to share my message, not just with teams, but with everybody. Derek Bowles is with us, uh, Bowles Academy, and uh, love inspiring keynotes. Uh, if you go to, his, go to his website at BowlesAcademy.com, courage to lead, courage to follow. Derek, one of the things that people need to know about you is is that uh, you almost weren't around to be able to continue motivating young people as a couple of years ago uh, survived a quite severe heart attack. Is that right? I had two strokes, uh, which, um, you know, impacted my heart, 
but the reality was is I was in a place where um, I couldn't speak for three weeks. Uh, my entire right side of my body was completely numb, and I just thought my time was up. I was super concerned about my family, and uh, but God said, I have something else for you to do. <laughs> and so um, I'm very blessed to be here. I'm very encouraged, and I'm looking forward to the future because I think there's so much work that needs to be done with our young people. So, you know, you, you, you sound great and obviously have recovered from the two strokes, but you're a young man, right? I mean, that, that was the thing that, that shocked me. I mean, and it, was this something that, that your family, uh, you know, heritage had suffered or something just uh, out of the norm? Or w- how exactly did it come about and, and what are you doing now in terms of making sure this doesn't happen again? Well, um, it was out of the norm and, uh, what I found out is I have atrial fibrillation inside of my heart. And that with high blood pressure um, created blood clots, which really um, attacked my brain. And so now I'm really trying to control my diet. I'm, I'm continuing to lose weight. And I'm just trying to make sure that I can be around for my family. I mean, you know, I want to make sure I communicate this. A lot of times people get confused on things that really aren't important. But when you start thinking about the stuff that really matters, it's about the people who you love and the people who you care about and the people who you want to make sure that they learn from mistakes that you've made. And that's where I think um, there's so much more value uh, for, for, you know, people who want to listen to the message that I have. Derek Bowles is with us, and of course, if you want to know more about his organization, go to BowlesAcademy.com, and if you want an inspirational speaker with us with an incredibly humbling story, uh, he's inspiring a lot of different people out there, so if your organization needs somebody to inspire and uh, to, to bring about action, this is the guy uh, that you want to be involved, Derek Bowles. And uh, Derek, you know, your book, Courage and Follow, tell us about that. Well... You know, one of the things about learning how to have courage is if you don't have courage, the reality is, is you can't accomplish anything. And I think that's one of the the baselines for learning how to become a great leader. And so I have developed the word leadership. There's acronyms for each letter, for all the way from L to P, and I'm sharing those ideas and thoughts in my book. And I think people, you know, probably the biggest thing I want to share is, is is things that you can take away and use on a day-to-day basis, which I think is very important in the time that we live in. It it sounds like to me as a book, not only for parents, but for a young student athlete, corporate, uh, you know, corporate people, company people, people are business owners. Sounds like to me that this book could uh, pretty much, pretty much speak to just about anybody. Absolutely. And I actually have just formed a relationship with Listing University out of Mesa, Arizona, and they're going to take the content from my book and put it into a thumb drive so people can plug it into their ears and listen to it anywhere that they want. So I'm super excited. I think there's so many things that God is doing, and I just think there's, there's this is the time for us to rise up and come together. What's what's one of the things that you see today 
um, that, that maybe is the biggest challenge when it comes to this next generation of youth? You know, there's, there's a number of uh, challenges that exist, but I think probably the biggest challenge that I see is technology. You know, and I, I bring that up because, you know, with my own personal kids, they're always looking at their cell phones. They're always on social media of some sort. They're always communicating. And we just don't sit down and have real conversation with our kids, which is super important. We need to be able to connect with our kids um, on a very personal and deep level as much as we can. So now technology is just kind of changing um, that landscape a little bit. And one of the things that we talk to parents a, a lot about is what you just mentioned is it also puts a lot of pressure on parents because we're, we're in our generation, Derek, parents had to worry about what you watched on TV or when you were on the telephone. But now right. you have this thing attached to these kids that attaches them to the world, good, bad, or indifferent on a 24-hour basis. Uh, what would you tell parents today about vigilance in terms of, you know, you got to be really all in on the technology and understanding how it works, right? Absolutely, and I, and I think I think there needs to be, you know, from a from a parental perspective, I think there needs to be times where everybody puts down their technology, whatever it is, cell phones, iPads, whatever it may be, and put them somewhere where nobody can have access to them, and then just spend time just talking. I know that sounds simple, but you know, the more you communicate, the more you share what's going on in your life, share your perspectives, I think you can help impact your kids because as kids get older, you you and I both know this, as they start to, you know, transition into uh, young adulthood, then they want to start making all the decisions on their own instead of getting some perspective from a person who's already lived it. That's just, those are just my thoughts. Well, from a from a standpoint of leadership and, and mentorship, many of those those things that you're talking about in your book and that you're talking about in your keynotes uh, on your webpage, uh, those foundational life skills, which uh, you and I would call biblical principles, um, it's really something that parents have to spend an extra amount of time on because uh, many of the schools today, because of the testing curriculums and because of the the emphasis on school have thrown out the life skills and thrown out uh, those things that you learn in team sports. So it's almost, uh, you know, a lot of kids come to me and tell me I'm, I'm not learning that at home. You know, I didn't learn how to set goals. I, I really don't understand. Uh, that's not something that my parents talk to me about. So there really needs to be a recommitment to, to, to really for parents to say, you know, I really need to teach these things because I can't take it for granted they're getting it anywhere else. Absolutely. Well, and, and the reality is is you know, everything that you've already done, Roman, is profound because you're helping young people in school systems, re, you know, really re-understand um, things that they should already know. And that's where I think there's so much value. Uh, also, uh, his book, um, and this is for everybody, I encourage you to get it, Courage to Follow, Develop Your Skill in Life, Leadership, and Legacy, and that's available where all books are uh, are sold. Uh, so, Derek, it's always great uh, catching up with you. We're looking forward to a big 2019, and I know uh, that the Bulls Academy is looking forward to a prosperous and, and great year, and uh, we look forward to visiting with you very soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time, and 
accomplished. Derek Bowles, Bowles Academy. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio, Faith, Family, and Sports. Of course, if you want to be a team member of Sold Out Youth Ministries, our organization that helps kids stay away from drugs and alcohol and teaches them leadership skills, biblical principles, you can go to our official website at soldouttv.com. That's soldouttv.com and uh, be a part of that. Donate there. You can hear her on Fox Sports. Uh, She's in Los Angeles, but you can hear her nationally doing uh, sports reports uh, throughout the day on the Dan Patrick Show, Rich Eisen Show, and you can hear her across the Fox network whenever uh, someone needs somebody to fill in. She's always there, has her opinion on sports, but uh, we love her because she's all about faith, family, and sports. Uh, Deb Carson with us. Deb, how are you? Roman, I'm doing great. A pleasure to be with you. Okay, now you know the history of the Gabriel name, obviously. I mean, with with the Rams that did this last year, it's been so exciting to hear the enthusiasm of Rams fans and, and just that whole Los Angeles buds about the NFL back there, right? Oh, my goodness. And the turnaround, Roman, from their first season here to the second season and to see, you know, Goff's development and, and Gurley, you know, coming back out of his shell and that defense developing. Uh, obviously, Sean McVay has brought so much energy, too. Uh, and still, whenever I hear him being interviewed, I still see John Gruden's face whenever, whenever I hear his voice. But his energy and, and of course, Coach uh, Wade Phillips, it's, it's just so much fun to see um, the, the, the positive football story. You know, had nothing in Los Angeles in the way of football. Everybody had their own team in another part of the country or another part of the state, or they were, you know, involved in fantasy leagues. But there weren't people who were actively involved in supporting a local team because there wasn't a local team. And, that, um, and it's, it's also going to be interesting to see what happens with the Raiders I feel bad for the folks in Oakland, but it's interesting to see, you know, what's happened with the Golden Knights in Vegas. It's going to be interesting to see how much that then compounds when the Raiders eventually move there. Deb Carson from Fox Sports is with us in L.A., and uh, you can catch her, of course, regular updates on the Dan Patrick Show and the Rich Eisen Show. And we're also going to talk to her today a little bit uh, about something near and dear to her heart, which is pancreatic cancer. She just had an event, which we're going to visit about. But before we do that, Deb, Roger Goodell announced uh, game operations manual will be revised to remove the requirement that all players be on the field. But if they do not want to partake in the national anthem, then they will stay in the locker room. Uh, personnel who choose not to stand um, uh, have that have that option on each and every team. The um, I, I think, unfortunately, there wasn't going to be one rule or one set of rules that was going to please everybody. Uh, to me, this feels like a good compromise because it solves the problem of, you know, are you offending people by being perceived as dissing the national anthem and uh, and disrespecting the flag, which I know most players say that's not the point, and I, I totally get that. But there was a segment of the population that thought that was what was coming across, um, and on the other hand, by allowing them to stay in the locker room, I know players feel like, yeah, but I'm not getting to make my point. I kind of feel like I, I understand that and I agree with that because obviously when you provide a visual, you have something to attach to that point and something that can be showed, uh, shown to, to represent your point. The thing that was interesting to me is, is that 
um, all of this is about perception. And the yeah. problem is by not taking care of this two years ago and allowing all this to go on for two years, you've had your main audience of the NFL who does stand for the flag, who is a faith-based and a family-based group, who does want to see the game and comes to the game for a respite from all the politics and all the, all, all the stuff that goes on. Um, what you're seeing is, is you're seeing, uh, you're seeing people that have a jaundice on both sides, uh, mm-hmm. you know, vision of this. And it happened to me too. There, there, nobody, nobody comes together and talks about things in a, um, in a genteel fashion, in right. a respectful fashion in public. It seems more about just disrespecting and making the other side look as bad as they possibly can. And, and we're not going to make progress when those are the people that are getting the attention. Uh, when, you know, the, the people who are the common sense people who can see both sides but try to figure out, okay, how can we solve this? Those are the people that are, that are going to make a difference. Um, but unfortunately, those are not the ones who are going to get right. the, uh, the headline. Deb, you know, you have something that's near and dear to your heart uh, that's an incredible story. You've talked a little bit about it on our show, your, uh, your fight against pancreatic uh, cancer. You just had a great fundraiser here last weekend. Tell us about that and tell our audience why it's such a big deal for you. Well, it's, it's a big deal for me. I'll start with that um, because my father, who was seemingly otherwise healthy, who for, excuse me, who for, you know, 30, 35 years jogged three to five miles a day, watched what he ate when he, you know, got into his uh, mid to late 60s, you know, when his knees weren't feeling so great, he would walk to six, six to eight miles a, a day. Um, one day didn't feel like walking. Um, and my mom came out and was like, what's going on? And he said he didn't feel well. So uh, same thing happened the next day, and she noticed that he was a little uh, jaundiced-looking. And in that part of the country, they were living in Montgomery, Alabama at the time. You know, gallbladder issues were <laughs> a big deal. And and she said, well, maybe that's what it is. So they went, had that checked out. Um, fortunately, but unfortunately, the gallbladder came back perfectly clean, um, but the uh, – the scan showed that there was a mass on his pancreas, which turned out to be stage four pancreatic cancer and, and cut to the chase. Essentially, five months later, he was gone. Um, so he went from being, you know, perfectly healthy, you know, athletic, uh, eating right to gone. And, and pancreatic cancer still Roman has. And that was just two and a half years ago. He passed away in December of 2015. So pancreatic cancer, a lot of people don't hear about it because most people don't survive to talk about it, and most of their families are so overwhelmed and stunned by the whole thing um, that there aren't a lot of celebrity spokespeople, if there will. And it's not a disease that has caught hold and gotten attention, but it, it still only has a single-digit five-year survival rate, which means if you're diagnosed today, your chances of being here five years from now is about 7%, 7.5%. So what we're, uh, I'm mostly working with the Hirschberg Foundation for Pancreatic Cancer Research. And tell us about that and tell our audience why it's such a big deal for you. Well, it's, it's a big deal for me. I'll start with that um, because my father, who was seemingly otherwise healthy, who for, excuse me, who for, you know, 30, 35 years jogged three to five miles a day, watched what he ate when he, you know, got into his uh, mid to late 60s, you know, when his knees weren't feeling so great, he would walk to six six to eight miles a, a day. Um, one day didn't feel like walking. 
Um, and my mom came out and was like, what's going on? And he said he didn't feel well. So uh, same thing happened the next day, and she noticed that he was a little uh, jaundiced-looking. And in that part of the country, they were living in Montgomery, Alabama at the time. You know, gallbladder issues were <laughs> a big deal. And and she said, well, maybe that's what it is. So they went, had that checked out. Um, fortunately, but unfortunately, the gallbladder came back perfectly clean. Um, but the, uh, the scan showed that there was a mass on his pancreas, which turned out to be stage four pancreatic cancer and, and cut to the chase. Essentially, five months later, he was gone. Um, so he went from being, you know, perfectly healthy, you know, athletic, uh, eating right to gone. And, and pancreatic cancer still Roman has, and that was just two and a half years ago. He passed away in December of 2015. So pancreatic cancer, a lot of people don't hear about it because most people don't survive to talk about it, and most of their families are so overwhelmed and stunned by the whole thing um, that there aren't a lot of celebrity spokespeople, if there will. And it's not a disease that has caught hold and gotten attention, but it, it still only has a single-digit five-year survival rate, which means if you're diagnosed today, your chances of being here five years from now is about 7%, 7.5%. Wow. So what we're... Uh, I'm mostly working with the Hirschberg Foundation for Pancreatic Cancer Research just because they um, they established themselves at UCLA when Aggie Hirschberg's husband, Ron, passed away about 20 years ago from pancreatic cancer. And when she was looking to get involved with an organization to help find a cure, she found that there really weren't very many. Hmm. So she met with some scientists at UCLA and began uh, essentially making research and also, obviously, patient care making the foundation's mission. Uh, the two the two events that they have throughout the years, um, they have in May what they call Tour de Pier, and they set up hundreds of spin cycles, stationary bikes, on the Manhattan Beach Strand, right there by Manhattan Beach Pier, which you probably know well. Oh, I love that. Um, I, I like that idea. It, it's amazing. It's um, and, and they have five shifts. So from 8.30 in the morning for five hours, everybody takes a one-hour shift. And there are just hundreds of people for one hour at a time. Some of the, some of the folks actually ride five hours. I do one. <laughs> um, but we raise money and try to bring awareness to um, th- that charity event actually uh, benefits not only the Hirschberg Foundation for Pancreatic Cancer Research, but also the Uncle Corey Foundation, which is uh, a brain cancer organization, mm-hmm. as well as a, an organization down in the South Bay there that uh, helps cancer patients. The other, um, the other event that I do is every October is called the L.A. Cancer Challenge, and that takes place at UCLA, and that directly benefits the Hirschberg Foundation. But, but the main thing um, is to bring awareness to it because a lot of people don't know anything about it, and when you first hear about it is when you're being blindsided by it of the news that a loved one is now a victim uh, or is going to be fighting the disease. Um, they're, they're getting closer and closer to finding, a, you know, a, uh, an early detection method really is, is the main thing, Roman, because, you know, a career or a, a cure for cancer, obviously, we've been looking for for a long time, but pancreatic cancer specifically is so deadly because by the time it's detected, it's usually stage four. Because, you know, nobody knows where the pancreas is, and there are no symptoms that are connected to it. It's not like breast cancer or prostate cancer that can be specifically checked on the outside of your body. You know, it's, it has symptoms that are similar to, um, you know, stomach aches, 
lactose intolerance. I mean, people were diagnosed with all sorts of things. I've heard nightmare stories of of people going in to be checked for it or, you know, for what, what they, you know, they didn't know what they had. And they were treated for all kinds of things and told, oh, well, let's try this new diet for two months and see how that goes. Well, in the meantime, the pancreatic cancer is growing and spreading. So what we really, really want to find is an early detection method. Yeah, where people want to be involved in those two uh, events that happen throughout the year for you that want more information, where do they go? Well, they can they can go to my specific fundraiser page uh, for this event that just happened. They can still donate there, and that is support.pancreatic.org slash go to slash Deb C. Or they can go to you know either of my social media platforms. That's Twitter at Deb Carson uh, on Instagram. It's at official Deb Carson. Or if they just want to go check out the Hirschberg Foundation for Pancreatic Cancer Research, they can just, this is easier, just go to pancreatic.org. They're out there that are making a difference in other people's lives, so I know that that gives you great uh, great joy. Well, thank you. Well, I, I appreciate that. Well, that's, that's what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, it's great to be able to do something that you love doing, but uh, if you're not making a difference, then what's the purpose? You hit the nail on the head, Deb. What we'll do is, is uh, we'll uh, we'll put up that information on all of our sites, and, and as usual, uh, taking time out of your busy schedule, come on Sold Out Sports. We always appreciate you and appreciate you. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, SoldOutTV.com, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.